Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. Today is Halloween. Yay, it's my favorite holiday. Well, it's yes, it is. <laughs> um, I hope you guys are going to have a fantastic Halloween night or evening planned. Um, if you've got trick-or-treaters, you know, be cool, have fun, be safe. If you're having a party, all of the above, too. Um, I've got a special story to release to you guys today. It's a story taken from, I think we released it back in 2013. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So it's been a minute, um, but it's never been released on its own. It was packed with a couple of other stories. Um, so we decided to re-release it in its original form, um, but all by itself because it's perfect for Halloween. It is um, my version of Bloody Mary. Um, so without further ado, to kick off this Halloween, here is, for you beautiful lurid listeners, my story, Bloody Mary. They say if you are alone in the dark, looking into a mirror, and call her name three times, she will come for you. Before the first blush of sunlight could shine through the bedroom window, Kitty fought to keep up with her body's needs while looking at her reflection in the little mirror. Her wrist ached, but the wet flesh that snatched at her two middle fingers was unusually ravenous this morning. Her greedy little pussy sucked her fingers deep inside, absorbed them, endlessly begging for more to fill it. With fingers plunging and wiggling their steady rhythm, she lay in the bed holding up the oval-shaped golden bone hand mirror to catch her reflection while she masturbated. Grinding and moaning, Kitty let the mirror, a pseudo-voyeur, watch as she fervidly pursued another climax in the emptiness of her room. But she wasn't really alone. The very air around her felt alive. Though her door was locked, Kitty knew someone or something watched her. She always knew because of the ever-vigilant mirror. But this morning was different. The mirror felt heavier, as though whatever spirit possessed it was closer. And her own passion seemed completely unquenchable because of it. The mattress squeaked. Sweat beaded on her forehead and upper lip. She locked on to her reflection while fucking herself. With a steady grip, she let the mirror catch every ostentatious movement she made. She bucked and groaned, relishing the wet squelching noises of her enthusiasm, her devotion to the mirror that watched. As though to prove her affections, she prodded her pinky against her asshole, 
She bucked once and the tight bud opened part way. She bucked again and her little finger slid all the way inside and Kitty nearly lost herself in the delightful fullness of it. She fucked herself furiously, concentrating on the feeling of being watched. What she saw was what she imagined her watcher saw. Kitty's upper arm slapped against the side of her right breast, making it ripple. It was magical, a sexual enthrallment that inspired her. Then the heat came. Hot, jaw-clenching waves flourished and flowed from her middle, and she tensed for the euphoric ride. Her pussy rhythmically convulsed around her fingers as her orgasm blossomed. She moaned release through parted lips, never looking away from the hand mirror. Oh, please take me, take me, take me. Panting, Kitty withdrew her fingers, then brought them to her mouth. She suckled and licked the silky wetness from them as an offering to the mirror. Her face was flush with the glow of orgasm as she examined her reflection. A rich, blushing pink that elicited a smile of slow, satisfied fatigue from her lips, and she softly giggled. She finally let her eyes slide shut. In the darkness of her mind's eye, Kitty saw an image a stately feminine apparition, regal, devastatingly sexual. It bit down on a devilish, lipsticked smile and took a single step toward her. As the afterglow buzzed over her skin, a thought trickled across her brain, the thread of an inkling. A change was coming, something tremendous. Her heart beat with excitement. Kitty brought the top edge of the mirror to her lips, a soft kiss of fealty, then clutched it to her bare, sweaty chest and breathed deeply. She felt renewed, suddenly invigorated. One hand slowly made its way back down to her sensitive clit. Yes, things were definitely going to be different. Does he want me to swallow, ma'am? No, he just wants you to dunk his donut. Though I should have told him that Perry was already booked and make you finish the job. Your aversion has become something of a hindrance to my income, Kitty. There's no market for squeamish girls, lesbian or not. Kitty couldn't help the relieved look on her face. She wasn't a fan of cock or what came out of it at all. In fact, she hated it. But cock paid a lot more than pussy, and swallowing paid even more than that. Steph crooked a finger under Kitty's chin and lifted until their eyes met. Look at me, Kitty. I'll see what I can do to get you booked for the next double, but I'm not making any promises. 
Dolores and Sheila are supposed to be next on the list. Steph sighed, as though she were tired of addressing a willful child. You know, as well as I, that we hardly ever have women walking through my door. If you don't bite the bullet and make enough this month, I will seriously have to consider letting you go. Steph fixed her with a fairly stern glare. Yes, ma'am. Kitty lowered her head, submissively hopeful and disappointed all at the same time. Steph's authoritative power was weak at best. Kitty was always left wanting more. She took every ounce of her inferior position to heart and prayed for the day when she would finally meet her true mistress. Part of her thought that the spirit mirror was enough and would satisfy her, but her secret little sex ghost, though somehow seemed to fulfill part of her submissive side, it was still just a hand mirror. Kitty needed a real live woman to call mistress, to kneel before and make love to unconditionally. If that morning's masturbating session was any indication, that day would be here before she knew it. Suddenly, however, as she stood there being scolded, Kitty became worried. Maybe she was fetishizing the mirror and her own reflection. Maybe she was so desperate that her ultimate dream had somehow mutated over the years into something ridiculously juvenile. What if it was all her imagination? What if none of it was real? Her bottom lip trembled. From the moment she learned the word slave, Kitty knew that's what she was, her purpose, to be the devoted, lifetime submissive who would serve the one that truly loved and cared for her in return. So far, she hadn't found anyone remotely close to fulfilling this dream. no doubt that Steph worked hard to run a lucrative sex business, and to the untrained eye, she played the role of a mistress caricature pretty well. She had a strong hand, all the props, and commercially it worked. However, she didn't possess enough conviction to suit Kitty. Steph was habitually indecisive and inconsistent. Kitty needed a woman that said what she meant the first time without leaving her uncertain or second-guessing. She wanted zero hesitation and complete devotion because that's what she would give in return. Apparently, the lecture was complete and Steph suddenly thrust the client's order at her, including a small swatch of sandpaper and two band-aids. Cock or not, this client knew what he wanted and she felt secure because of it. His certainty instantly became her keeper, and she wanted to please him. Room number 12. You've got 30 minutes to get ready. I want your best on this one, understand? Yes, ma'am. She nodded and turned to go back to her room. Kitty, wait. Steph sighed. Her thrift store stilettos clicked on the antique hardwood floor. Her eyes softened. Listen, I just hired a woman earlier this morning. Her name is Mary. 
I've got her up in the attic. She's got two assistants, if you can believe that. Only place big enough for all of them and their luggage is that dusty old attic up there. Anyway, she's a dancer and going to perform some kind of exotic vampire dance tonight. And the house is completely sold out. It's strange, actually. She walked in just as the sun came up, asking for a job just for tonight. And she gave me a check right when I hired her, saying that she had already sold tickets. Steph's greedy excitement was contagious. Kitty let out a soft gasp and closed her eyes, already envisioning what this new, mysterious, and obviously assertive woman would look like. A dancer with assistance. Kitty's heartbeat skittered in her chest. Steph stepped closer and into character. She spoke with a breathy voice. If this Mary works out, I might let her stay another night or two and give you a break on the rent. But, Steph's large breasts rested just below Kitty's chin, I might also consider having you pay your debts by other, more satisfying means. Understood? Yes, ma'am, I understand. The truth was, Kitty was finding it hard to think straight. The scent of Steph's floral perfume was making her dizzy, and her nipples became two distinct visible points beneath her tank top. Though she knew it was nothing more than a simulated authoritative display, Kitty was seduced by it and envisioned herself dropping to the floor to lick her boss's shiny metal boot heels with long, languid licks. But she was coldly dismissed. Steph's promises were only words strung together to tease to control a hopeful girl who would never say no. Kitty closed the bedroom door, placed the key on the nightstand, and considered pulling the hand mirror out of her little top drawer to relieve the confusing lust created by Steph's scolding. She shook her head. There wasn't enough time to rub one out and get ready for her client. She let out a frustrated growl, then tossed the sandpaper and band-aids on the bed. She somewhat stalked to the closet and reread the client's request. He wanted a non-vocal, youthful-looking grunge girl with large breasts which essentially meant that he liked the silent, dirty-but-perky type. That wouldn't be too difficult for Kitty since the client only needed her to warm up his cock for Percy anyway. She figured her portion of the scene would take anywhere from five to ten minutes. She hoped she could drag it out to ten. Cocks were so terribly unpredictable. Ten minutes would earn her fifty bucks. Kitty huffed loudly. That was a lot of cock-sucking. On the edge was an old, renovated Victorian mansion turned brothel that specialized in whatever the client paid for. Steph, the owner-slash-imposter madam, had warned Kitty early on that she needed to suck it up and learn to like cock. The brothel's clientele consisted mainly of men, though not exclusively, and so far, every single one of them had a cock. Kitty propped one heel after the other onto the bed 
and scuffed both knees until the pale white skin wore away, replaced by two burning, bright pink, not-quite-ready-to-bleed patches of raw skin. She unwrapped and applied the Band-Aids. With only a few minutes to spare, she quickly dismissed the idea of getting her hand mirror out again. Time to go to work. She headed upstairs, smiling to get a healthy dose of endorphins flowing through her veins, and remembered back to the day she'd first gotten the hand mirror. She and her mother were off tooling around yet another antique gun, knife, and doll show. Kitty was five then, and happily skipping along, passing one display case after another, until she came upon one particular case packed with fancy, frilly-dressed porcelain dolls. Also, inside the display case, to the side, was an antique hand mirror. The saleswoman, the grandmotherly type, sat relaxing in a folding chair with her hands folded neatly in her lap. She smiled at Kitty and quietly observed as Kitty gripped the edge of the counter and then plastered her nose against the thick glass, mesmerized by the mirror instead of the dolls. It was the most beautiful thing she had ever seen, and she instantly had to have it. The old woman leaned down, whispering with spicy, tea-scented breath close to Kitty's ear. Do you like that mirror, child? Kitty nodded. It's a special mirror, a mirror with an interesting past. The woman reached her hand inside the display case and withdrew the mirror. She glanced at her face in its reflection and then passed it to Kitty. Would you like me to tell you? Kitty nodded again, slowly. It once belonged to a very beautiful, very special queen. The queen loved her people. She protected them as though they were the children from her womb. But the simple fools didn't appreciate her kindness or her guidance. They murdered her child. All she ever wanted was to be loved. Do you think you could love her? Kitty nodded and felt like crying. Even at the tender age of five, she understood all too well what it was like to want to be loved. She stood, staring at her reflection, listening to the dusty voice of the old woman with sad eyes. How could anyone kill a queen? Kitty was taken with the simple gold and bone hand mirror, and she had to have it. The fact that it had once belonged to a queen struck a chord deep within her that she didn't fully comprehend at the time. It was during the car ride home that Kitty reverently gazed into the oval-shaped aged glass, instantly slipping into her own private fantasy land. That was when the mirror had acknowledged her with its rippling shimmer, and she felt an overwhelming, mysterious urge to swear eternal servitude to the poor, beautiful dead queen. happening in her life, Kitty grew into herself by secretly talking with the mirror. Some kids had BFFs to discuss all things girl talk, 
but Kitty had the mirror. Slowly, as she matured, she also quickly discovered that if she kept a steady enough rhythm around the hidden hard pink bump just between the two fleshy pieces of her pussy, a brighter shimmer would appear in the mirror. Of course, there were no words spoken, but there was no mistaking that she could feel that the mirror was pleased with her. Kitty tried several times in her teens to be rewarded by that same shimmer while fucking boyfriends, but the reward never came. It was only when Kitty masturbated afterwards, alone and in front of the mirror, that she would receive that rippling of approval. Kitty soon began to live for those moments. Boys were easily nixed from her sex life altogether. When she was 19, a daring idea had sprung up in her mind. She drove to a bar, waiting in the parking lot for the right woman to take home. But the moment the other woman was between Kitty's legs, the mirror cracked so forcefully that Kitty was horrified and immediately sent the woman away. She'd gotten the distinct feeling that the mirror was jealous. After masturbating and crying and pleading to the mirror for forgiveness, the mirror had healed itself. Eventually, Kitty racked up enough courage and brought another woman home. She went down on the woman first and the mirror rippled as she'd hoped. But the minute the other woman started to go down on her, it cracked violently once again, spitting pieces of shattered glass onto the bed and carpet. Through trial and error, Kitty learned that the mirror only approved when she was on the giving end of sex. And when she sent her lovers away, she would then masturbate before the mirror and receive her rewarding nod. That chest-tightening, heart-swelling feeling that she'd pleased her queen. The teacher was pleased with her young student. Let me see. Kitty pulled one tab of each of the band-aids open so that they still hung from her knees, exposing two angry red scuffs. She looked down to inspect her work, too, and noticed that little dotted patches of blood had stained the whites of the band-aids. She had drawn blood for clients before, nothing dangerous, but blood nonetheless. In the back of her mind, she suddenly felt that if she could show her mirror her knees, too, the spirit within it would be very pleased to see such dedication. Her cheeks burned when the client cleared his throat for her attention. The man was already naked. His face was somewhat appealing, his body clean, though he had the beginnings of a pot belly. He sat waiting impatiently. A small pink pastry box rested on his lap. His gaze returned to Kitty's knees for a long moment, and then, after regaining control of his already bought and paid for scene, he finally took in the sight of the rest of her. Kitty could see that he was satisfied by her work. The little pink box on his lap began to tip to the right. You're perfect. He motioned for her to approach. You are a perfect pretty little thing, aren't you? 
Naughty too, I see. As per his instructions, Kitty remained quiet and chewed her thumbnail while twirling a lock of frizzed, dirty blonde hair around her finger, emphasizing that indeed she was perfectly naughty. Come closer, he said, his voice hoarse with lust. Kitty knelt down onto her knees, spread the client's thick thighs, and wedged herself between them. He motioned for her to open the box. Look what I brought for you. She let her elbows gently rest on his warm skin. Then she opened the now very tilted pink box and peeked inside. Put it around my cock. She put the box aside and collected herself at the unexpected request, then slid an oversized, old-fashioned chocolate donut over the client's half-erect cock. It was an exceptionally large donut and held together surprisingly well as she amusingly slid it all the way down to the base of his cock. Then silently, obediently, she waited for her next instructions. Now, you little troublemaker, I want you to suck it and be sure to get the chocolate all over that naughty little face of yours. He grabbed her hair, not too hard, with both fists and guided Kitty's mouth to his tip. If this pastry-wielding client was a closet case or not, Kitty was paid to be his window dressing for the moment. As she allowed her head to be pulled toward the man's wide lap, she found that the more she grunted and moaned, the less she choked, and hoped that the client wouldn't be upset at her unrequested vocalizations. Heat emanated from the big hands that pressed the back of her head down. Her nose, lips, and chin smashed repeatedly against the chocolate donut. Kitty decided that chocolate and cock smelled and tasted a lot better than cock all by itself. Sputtering and moaning, Kitty ate semi-hard cock and donut for a mere three minutes. The client grunted, pleased by her cooperative servicing. Then the door was shoved open as Perry entered. Dismayed that she wouldn't get much of a cut for her short time, Kitty felt the cock in her mouth stiffen with excitement, and she groaned. The client mistook the noise for something else and a little too quickly shoved her away by her shoulders before she got any strange ideas. Apparently, Pastry Boy was a closet case. Perry dramatically shook out an apron, then tied it around his waist. My turn for some of that cream-filled cruller. Kitty softly closed the door behind her. Her services were no longer needed. intoxicating cacophony of profanities accompanied by rhythmic grunts filled the hallway as she made her way toward the stairs. Chocolate donut crumbs still caked her face. The half-ripped-away bandages tickled against her knees as she descended the stairs to the second floor. She kept her head low 
engulfed by the sounds of fucking that echoed around her. It was a profitable sound that would have Steph licking her fingers and counting bills all evening. But the sounds of sex caused a different reaction within Kitty. Halfway down the stairs, the noise ricocheted louder off the plaster walls and set deep under her skin. A desperate, primal reaction ensued. The animal-like grunts and hard, wall-knocking headboards made her blood run hot, very hot. The combination of spittle, pre-cum, and chocolate donut crumbs decorating her mouth and the rutting symphony aroused her to such an extent that she groaned again this time from pure, debaucherous desire, and she halted her descent and leaned heavily against the wall. The weight of her gold hand mirror tickled like a ghost in her palm. Hasty fingers lifted the lace hem of the corset, and her hand dove deep into her shorts. Anyone could catch her, and she would be helpless to justify what she was about to do. Circling her clit, she imagined holding the mirror, letting it watch her there in the hallway. Headboards banged above and below her. Passionate wails buzzed against her skin in a scintillating massage. Kitty nearly lost herself to it when a distant light brush of a sound. Her name, she thought, bled through the din. Her hand froze. No one stood at the top of the stairs or bottom, and she cocked her head, attempting to locate which direction the source of the voice came from. She tuned her ear when the second ethereal sound of her name flitted toward her like a gentle, caressing wind. Business carried on from the rooms above and below, uninterrupted as occupants merrily fucked. Suddenly, the voice beckoned to her once more, but this time Kitty pinpointed from which direction. It was coming from the third floor, and it wanted her. Slowly, her steps led her back, back up the staircase. She turned the corner and reached the end of the hall, and then to the very last door marked storage. It led to the brothel's single turret that was used as an attic. Kitty tested the rusted-over cast-iron knob. It turned. The door creaked open. The sweet scent of dried flower petals filled her nose. Candlelight illuminated the entire room. It bathed the walls with a seductive golden glow. The voice, as though just in front of her, softly said, Close the door. Kitty felt her body melt. Her mind released all its worry, all its tension, its fear. Her knees felt rubbery. The soft feminine voice completely enveloped Kitty's body. It became her new skin. It supported her, caressed her. She felt it in her bones that the woman with whom this voice belonged loved her. She gave herself over to it and obediently closed the door with the surest hand she'd ever had.
but she bit back a yelp when some kind of sharp notch on the iron handle cut deep into her palm as she twisted the knob. Kitty sucked in a short breath, muffling the sudden pain, and made a fist. She ignored the blood that dripped. Let me see you, pet. The voice purred. Kitty's skin rippled with something near-orgasmic pleasure. Her mouth watered. With chocolate donut crumbs still drying on her face, Kitty stepped forward, looking at the most beautiful sight she could have ever imagined. There, on an antique chase lounge, lay the woman she knew as surely as she breathed that she wanted to call mistress. But it would have been wildly inappropriate just then. Mary hadn't officially staked her claim on Kitty yet, but she had only expressed an interest. Like a goddess, the woman lay naked, except for a long, sheer white nightgown with a devastatingly low V-cut down the front, decorated with heavy dark red lace. One of her long, slender legs rested, strewn along the back of the lounge, while a nude servant kissed and sucked on a toe. A second, also nude servant rested on her knees before Mary, licking and very loudly sucking the goddess's pink, smooth pussy. Kitty swallowed hard. Her mouth still watered, but her throat felt dry. Jealousy suddenly stirred in her blood. She wanted to be the one on her knees before her intended mistress. It was her destiny to love this beautiful woman like that. It was what she had been waiting for her whole life. They were like music, the low moans and soft pants that came from Mary's beautiful, kind mouth. The kneeling servant looked sidelong at Kitty and latched on, lips to lips. The servant brought the goddess to her peak. Kitty's fist burned, but not as much as her jealousy, as blood continued to drip. She nearly spoke when Mary beckoned her to come. Closer. Kitty felt absolutely lavished by the sudden, unshakable, unbreakable love that she felt. But standing felt too high, disingenuous. She lowered herself down to her hands and knees. She crawled to the lounge, her head bowed, leaving a bloody handprint trail along the way. Mary shooed both servants away, who obediently scurried to the back of the room, where they stood like silent statues with their hands gently folded and their heads lowered. Sitting up, she smiled and pointed a long, delicate finger at Kitty's bloody hand. What have you got there? Kitty instinctively placed her bloody hand into Mary's. I, I cut myself, she said feebly. I see. The woman lifted Kitty's hand to her lips, inspecting the wound. What is this other delicious scent I smell? She took a slow, soft sniff, and then the lips that smiled nearly sent Kitty to fainting. Ah, yes, I recognize it now. It's from earlier, on the stairs. It's the unmistakable scent of a voracious little cunt. She sat more forward, deeply sniffing the aroma of pussy on Kitty's fingers, 
and then brought the wound to her open lips. The suction, the hard draw of blood she could feel leaving her body, sent Kitty reeling. She moaned as tears blurred her vision. With a soft smack, Mary licked her lips and smiled. Blood stained her beautiful teeth, pointed and white. I want you, pet. I want you to belong to me. I think you would like it too, wouldn't you? Kitty nodded. A long, delicate tongue traced the open gash in her palm, but there was no pain. Kitty's heart leapt into her throat. It hammered against her chest. This was the moment that would change her life. She couldn't remember how to breathe or speak. The fundamentals were all but gone. She only looked into Mary's sharp onyx eyes with adoration as the woman brushed a light finger over her crumb-dried cheek. Go back to your room. Prepare yourself. A disappointed whine escaped Kitty's lips before she could stop it. She was instantly mortified at her lack of control. Her first command, and she'd reacted like an impudent little brat. Oh, the shame was humiliating. She would rather be physically devoured than gain the disapproval of the one she desperately wanted to call mistress. Mary raised a single, disapproving brow. Then her fingers issued a loud snap. Wear this. Both servants scurried over with a box for Kitty. Our performance begins soon. I will not tolerate your being late for it. Her face came so close to Kitty's, the tips of their noses touched. I will reward your obedience very handsomely, pet. She let their lips touch when she spoke her next words. Kitty could feel as well as hear the sternness with which they were spoken. And I will punish you for anything less. Do not displease me, pet. in the hell are you doing, Kitty? I need you ready to take clients upstairs when this is over. Steph planted her hands on her big shiny leather-clad hips. What used to be the billiard room of the mansion was filled with smoke and bodies. In the center of the room, Mary, dressed in a long flowing black cape and nothing else, performed a visceral erotic dance with vampiric undertones that held her audience captivated and in such a heavy lust that Kitty was sure that several small orgies would break out. The two servants lay naked and bleeding on the floor. Mary cast her devilishly painted face toward the audience, scanning for her final victim. Kitty had just emerged from the back of the tightly bunched crowd, awaiting the signal, when Steph suddenly grabbed her by the arm. I can't, ma'am. I've been given other instructions. Steph, clearly baffled at Kitty's sudden insubordination, pointed a finger at her. Now you listen here, Missy. I pay you to service my clients. There aren't any other instructions to be had. She yanked Kitty's elbow, hard to make her point, and by the look on her face expected full compliance. But Kitty didn't budge. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I can't be late. 
I can't disobey. Please. Steph laughed. If you don't march right back up there and take that ridiculous get-up off and suck some of these cocks in here, you're fired. She crossed her arms and tapped a pointy-booted toe. Just before she could apologize again, Mary's voice carried over the lascivious hoots and hollers of the crowd. She called her by name. She beckoned her with a single finger and a perfectly angelic, perfectly wicked smile. I have to go now. Formality wasn't required anymore. Wrists fastened to her sides by the cuffs of the leather body harness, Kitty obediently went to the stage. Her steps were slow, careful. The leather shackles and heavy metal chains between them restrained every step. She swallowed and felt just how comfortingly tight the collar was around her neck, the symbol of her complete submission. Chained, bound, and collared, this was Kitty's deliverance. Into the arms of her loving mistress-to-be, she went freely. It was an embrace for show as much as it was for ceremonial acceptance. Kitty tucked her head beneath Mary's chin, close to the swell of her bare, pale breasts. Her chin was lifted, her lips lightly kissed, and then came the second command, the one that made Kitty's heart fill with pride. Kneel. She knelt, her chains chinking loudly on the stage. The billiard room fell silent. The audience watched in rapt attention as Mary initiated the new slave. On her knees, she waited patiently. Bring my seat. The dead servants came back to life and scrambled back to their bare feet. Together they hefted a great throne made of bone, ancient and new. They placed it behind the mistress. The servants quickly took their places behind the chair. Mary doffed the long black cape, then sat magnanimously before all. Now, I want you to pleasure me, pet. Before all of these people, I want you to prove your servitude. Show them that you will be my slave. Do it well, and I will accept you. I will take care of you. Pleasure me with all the love that you possess, and you will become mine forever. Tears threatened to sting her eyes, but Kitty didn't allow them to fall when she nodded. Yes. Chained, shackled, bound from movement, Kitty lowered an open mouth to Mary's smooth and splendid pussy. The taste was divine, but she kept eagerness in check. Her tongue licked, her lips lightly pecked. She traced doting kisses up and down Mary's thighs, wishing she could use her hands to caress the woman she loved at the same time. She thought of the hand mirror, how she held it up to show her own seduction, the ecstasy she felt in its reflection. Kitty concentrated her lips and tongue now. The small knot at the top of Mary's slit responded. It hardened, and she gently suckled it for a moment. The wondrous sounds of Mary's arousal filled her ears and filled her heart 
with the pride that only a slave could truly appreciate. She was pleasing the woman she instantly loved and would devote her entire life to anticipating and satisfying any spoken whim that might ever pass through her lips. The crowd began to vocalize its arousal as well. Whistles and encouraging shouts loudly filled the air. Kitty sucked and licked, paid attention to Mary's responses. When she felt two hands apply pressure to the back of her head, Kitty doubled her efforts. Mary's clit began to swell. The tiny knot grew and Kitty sucked it. It continued to grow still and the shape of it began to change. The tip of it widened and rounded out into a bell shape and then its length completely filled Kitty's mouth until at last it grew too long to fit. Her eyes opened wide. She was sucking disbelievingly on a cock and she loved it. The audience easily believed that it was all part of the show. They became enamored by the sudden play change and threw their fists into the air, chanting encouragement. Mary's hands continued to press the back of Kitty's head, and she endeavored to take the entire cock into her mouth. Mary's hips rocked. She whimpered and moaned. Even through the shouts from the enthusiastic crowd, Kitty could hear her name being said over and over. She was indeed pleasing the goddess. Kitty bore down. She took Mary's cock all the way. She kissed and sucked it as steadily as she could physically muster. When she felt fingernails claw her scalp and pull at her hair, she steadied her movement. Spasm after spasm, warm cum spurt into her mouth, and she loudly chugged the liquid down without a second thought. major eruptions came, Kitty began suckling again, and the mistress's sizable cock began to shrink back down. The belled top, the girthy length, it all returned to its original size. A tiny knot, now acutely sensitive to Kitty's soft, loving tongue. Regretfully, Kitty abandoned Mary's clit and let her tongue explore the little hole beneath, where she discovered more warm, salty liquid. The audience erupted. It ejaculated in unison. And then the lights went out. being lifted to her feet by Mary's strong arms. Lips pressed into hers. A sweet, wet tongue pried them apart, a kiss of ownership. Not meant for anyone else but Kitty. You want to be mine? Mary's voice was careful, sensual against her cheek. Yes, mistress. Kitty was practically drunk on passion, the taste of Mary's cock, the scent of her skin, 
the lustful sounds of the surrounding audience swirled around her. It all permeated the air like a thick fog. Then, hardly noticeably, there was a tiny prick against the side of her neck. It didn't hurt, but Kitty felt strangely heavy, and then very, very sleepy. opened and all that she saw was pitch black. Kitty felt slightly dizzy, as though she'd had a little too much to drink. When her eyes adjusted, she could see the familiar outlines of her bedroom. The mattress squeaked as she sat upright. She pressed a palm to her temple, then swung her legs over the side of the bed. The lamp was a cinch to find, but its sudden brightness accosted her vision. On the nightstand, there lay a sheet of notepaper. Kitty peered through the offending light and read what was written. Use your mirror. Call to me, pet. Kitty rubbed her eyes until they grew accustomed to the bright light. Then she opened the top drawer of the nightstand and withdrew the old antique mirror. It was heavier now than it had ever been. She needed both hands to hold it steady. The bone handle felt warm in her grip. She recalled the most recent events that had taken place. Mary's embrace of acceptance. Kitty wanted desperately to feel it again, to be held by those loving arms over and over. She also recalled the strange and beautiful cock, how wonderfully pleasant it had been to take into her mouth, how pleasant it had tasted, unlike all the cocks she'd sucked in the past. Then she recalled the tiny prick against her neck. After a long, muddled minute, Kitty's eyes widened. She knew who the queen was now. The mirror she held in her hands became even more heavy, and she quickly concentrated on her reflection. She set her shoulders, clicked the light off, focused on her reflection, then spoke the words. Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary. Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary. Kitty took a deep breath before speaking the last piece. Mary, Mary, my bloody Mary, come for me, please. The room surged with a sudden charged presence. The mirror became heavier still. Kitty could hardly hold it up. It tried to pull from her hands toward the floor. She used all her might to hold it up, both hands knuckle white with strain and trembling. Her ears popped. She strained against the unbearable weight and sweat began to drip down the small of her back. Her arms burned and shook. Kitty felt her body lift and then rise up off the bed. The reflection of her face in the mirror became absurdly close until her nose smashed against it. Then she felt herself begin to pass into it. Lifted and pulled by an unseen force, her entire body rose and she traveled into the little gold and bone hand mirror. Choking and sputtering, Kitty rose to her feet. She dusted her knees and heard the sharp, echoing click 
of fast-approaching heels landing on stone like a hammer. Goosebumps spread over her skin when she looked up into the piercing onyx eyes of her mistress. Cool, smiling, red-painted lips pressed against hers as heat surrounded her, and Kitty felt like sobbing. At last, she felt herself being tucked beneath Mary's arm, where she knew she would be forever loved and cherished. Kitty was then slowly forced to kneel on the floor as Mistress Mary took a seat on her throne of bones, both ancient and new. Where the two servants were, Kitty didn't think to wonder. Instead, she scooted close to her mistress's shoes and kissed each one as she examined them closer. The sleek, spiked heels were made of shiny silver, while the platforms were tall glass casings. Closer still, she saw that contained inside each platformed sole was blood, swirling and rushing. Kitty closed her eyes and groaned with ecstasy. She knew immediately that it was her blood, rolling like ocean waves, red and viable. She'd lost track of how long she'd been here now. Time with her loving mistress was endless, it seemed. Endless and perfect. If Bloody Mary had woken that morning, made love to her again, and then told her that she was to die right then, right now, Kitty would do so happily. It was like looking through a little one-way window. Kitty held her mirror and observed the world through the small periscope-like view. Dozens of people passing by, shopping for collectibles, trinkets, and treasures. Kitty recognized the scene and waited. Though her heart burned with jealousy, it was only a brief spike. There was still plenty of time. It was still her time. Kitty drew the warm sheets up to her chin and patiently watched, a little girl walking ahead of someone wearing blue jeans. The girl, not more than five years old, was diligently licking an ice cream cone, but something caught her eye. She slowly plopped down beside a glass display case. Kitty could just make out the tiny black patent leather shoes of several frilly dressed porcelain dolls on the left side of the mirror. The little girl's wide blue eyes unknowingly met Kitty's within the mirror. Strawberry ice cream dribbled down the pretty little girl's small knuckles now as she gazed longingly into the mirror. Then a soft voice that immediately hardened Kitty's nipples said, There's an interesting story about this mirror. Would you like me to tell you about it?
For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. to thank the following artists. Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. He can be found at nin.com. And as for me, I'm at thekissmequicks.com. There is huge amounts of work put into this podcast, you guys, and it's completely free. All we ask in return is if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating in iTunes. It is hugely helpful. Thank you. The KMQ is produced by Big Daddy, Dave Carraway. Okay, everyone, Halloween! Stupid fish.